Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You're listening to the Toffee Web Podcast. Hello, Evertonians. This is the Toffee Web Podcast. It's the evening of Monday, the 23rd of January, and Everton are in what has become the very familiar position of not having a manager. Confirmation came through of the inevitable sacking of Frank Lampard, from everyone except the club this afternoon, and there's also no real sign that the club have much idea who the next manager will be. Uh, we live in hope that Kevin Thelwell perhaps has been drawing up a shortlist since the second match at Bournemouth two and a half months ago, but then this is Everton, and planning and forethought doesn't appear to be part of the structure. This evening, it's me, Lyndon Lloyd, uh, Adam McCulloch, and the returning Andy Howard, who's been sidelined by uh, work commitments for the past couple of weeks. Andy, I'm sure that you're champing at the bit as a result. Uh, your thoughts this evening on the circus that is Everton Football Club as it prepares to take another leap into the unknown. <laughs> what a disastrous first question that is. Uh, <laughs> Andy, you've been away for a couple of weeks. Just sum up how you feel about this football club yes. at the moment. Okay, so, well, I don't know how long you've got. Um, I, I, think, I think to be serious for a minute, yeah. um, this isn't Everton. I, I don't recognise this club, this feeling as Everton. Now, I've supported them all my life. I'm 40 years old. Um, they've never been that good in my adult life. I mean, they've technically won the league when I've been alive, but I don't remember it. I was too young. But there's always been a sense of Everton. And at the moment, I don't feel that. Um, I don't feel like this is the club I have grown up loving and falling in love with over and over and over again. Um, I'm not angry. I'm not annoyed. When the goals were going in on Saturday, I wasn't throwing things. I wasn't shouting. I was just sad. And I was quiet. And it's not 
something well, I don't think I've experienced this one before this kind of particular <laughs> this particular shade of Everton sorrow I've not particularly gone in I've not had this one before and it's not something that I recognize and it's not a club that I recognize and it's not I don't know it, it feels so different to me um that of course is about losing football matches of course with a you know with a whimper yes it is but it's also about the way it's run the way everything's communicated um or not communicated um the way in which it seems to be a plaything seems to be just ragged around like a doll and we all have to put up with the fact that it's not our Everton anymore. It doesn't feel like it. So, you know, to cut a very long story short, and I've been listening to you guys over the last couple of weeks, and you've 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 put it perfectly in all the different stages of this this mess. You've you've summed up how I feel about it. But to me, it it doesn't doesn't feel like Everton. Uh, and I think that's the, probably the worst thing you can think. I mean, we've been rubbish. We've been okay. Um, we've signed bad players. We've signed good ones. We've had good managers. We've had bad managers. We've always been Everton. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm searching for what that actually means, but it, it's not there at the moment. And that's what I'm really struggling to come to terms with. I feel like I should be angry. I feel like I should be, it should be living in me like it was um, this time and onwards last year. It feels like it should be gripping at my stomach like it was last year. And for some reason it isn't. And I think that's really sad. Sad is the word. I I, I feel the same. I think normally I I, I would be angry. I'd be... It, it would be grinding at me after the result until the next game. And it's like hearing about an old friend that you've lost touch with and they've fallen on hard times. It's There's that removal at the moment. And um, and obviously we've discussed recently, a lot of that is to do with the, the wedge between the board. It's, as you say, to do with poor performance on the pitch. I think hearing the owner leave the game and <laughs> shirk responsibility... Um, to, to the cameras, I think that that sums it up. If if the man who is the majority owner, the majority owner by some way, um, can't really be asked to make a decision. Um, and if we're in a position now where we're waiting for the inevitable confirmation that the axe has fallen, um, if he can't be bothered, then what about what about us? And 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 this isn't a fan base that hasn't suffered in the past this isn't a, a new feeling this is ingrained this is part of the Everton experience if, if you if you want if you want a, a cultural thing to tap into that is part of it that struggle it's Everton that is is, a, is another that we sometimes beat uh, a little bit too often um, certainly over recent years but what what a mess I mean last year was a mess and here we are yet again we're waiting for a new manager with a Dutch winger arriving imminently who didn't sign him. Um, and I did that purely just to play El Ghazi bingo with myself. Um, 
his agent slips me five every time I do. But yet again, we've we've signed someone for no one. I mean, it couldn't. It's history repeating itself year on year on year. We're in this awful, dire cycle. And what's the way out of it? Is it Big Dunk? Is it Big Sam? Is anyone feeling inspired by what's to come? Um, the, the fact that Dan Juma is still even an option, because I, I think when I was watching that game on Saturday, I thought that guy's going to fail his medical because he scratched his head that much during what was one of the most uninspiring 90 minutes of football that you could possibly wish for. It was truly dire. And yet again, we lost a game to a fellow struggling side who really, really didn't have to fight for it. And and if you're talking about anger from us, there's not even petulance or anger on the pitch. Funas Mori stamping on someone, not that I'm defending that. Um, there's not even that. There's not even a pathetic display of someone who cares. And that's why the manager's going. That's part of it. But it's symptomatic of this wider, wider issue that, as you say, is, yeah, sad. I mean, going back to Zanjuma, everything that's gone on since he he inevitably had a, a medical of some kind, even just slightly before that, you do wonder, you've almost got to give him... And whoever is negotiating that deal at the club, an awful lot of credit for it still being on, because he's only got a look at social media at the moment. He, you know, he's clearly on social media. He clearly uses it. Um, is he not reading anything? I mean, <laughs> genuinely, if it's my career and I'm googling my 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 next employee uh, em- employer, and I see that, I'm probably thinking, oh, um, I might just have five minutes on this. Yeah. Um, but it seems to be still going ahead. I, I mean, that's the one bit of credit I can give the club at the moment. I don't know who's negotiated the deal. I presume it's their well. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, fair play for keeping fair play fair play for keeping that one on track. If it is going to be confirmed, I presume it will be. Um, wow. I mean, yeah, it, it does seem as though it's going to go ahead. And um, he tweeted about half an hour ago saying "born ready." So. I just no, I you know there's, there's, no. <laughs> there's there's something could, could be bone myth. That's a worry. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. But I mean, it seems it seems as though from the little bits that have that have sort of come out is that he is looking forward to the uh, challenge of helping save us. Um, and honestly, from a obviously from a career perspective, I mean, if if the, if the club goes down, then he can walk away because it doesn't sound like there's any obligation to buy or even an option to buy at the end of this um, for Everton. So he can just walk away. But from his perspective, right now, he walks into that team and can make an immediate oh. difference if if he you know if he has confidence in his own ability to uh, to turn this thing around almost single handedly. It's right there on a plate for him because. As you were saying, the um, you both of you said that, that that performance on Saturday really was quite something to behold. It was, um, you know, even when they had a bit of a go in the second half, it was incredibly impotent. Um, you know, and there's that clip from when we were two 0 down that was circling around on Twitter of them just just passing it around. You know, almost pedestrian, um, preseason friendly like 
and mm. it was just and and <clears throat> that's the um, that's the Everton that I don't recognize is that in the past we've had at least there's been a desperation and they've had a go and you could you know you could understand it at the end if it just wasn't enough but they barely even had a go and mm. for Lampard to you know not, not even throw another striker on at the end to leave Adrissa Gay who we called out last in last week's podcast and he was even worse this time I don't know what has happened to him but he looks like he, he couldn't give a crap um and if that's not the case, then his confidence is just completely gone. Because obviously that, that one incident in the penalty area where he should have shot first time and, you know, bubbles off his shin and 10 yards in front of him. Uh, and that sadly is sort of symptomatic of, of again, the lack of confidence, but just the, uh, the lack of quality that we've got in the side right now. Um, and so all of those things, when you contrast it to the way that we started the season when we didn't have a striker and we were we were sort of fighting it out and toughing it out with Anthony Gordon up front, Damari Gray up front, and then we were sort of pinching goals on the counter um, and, and even battling all else, you know, to a point at Manchester City. That, 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 that was night and day what was at West Ham. There was nothing about that team. And unfortunately, that is as clear an illustration of why Lampard had to go um, as anything. Because if if the players are playing for him and have bought into whatever it is that he's selling, in quotes, um, there was no evidence of it. And at that point, you know, I don't want to say that he'd lost the dressing room because I don't think he did, but I think they must have lost confidence in his ability to get the best out of them by that point. And I think that's been true for a couple of months, to be honest. And ironically, if you look at the kind his kind of character. And, and why we all warmed to him. Um, in a way, he very much is Everton. If that makes any sense, he's very much kind of, mm-hmm. he, he, he clearly gets the fan base and he clearly gets various bits of the club that others haven't. Um, and so when I was talking about this isn't a club that I recognise, with him, him at the top, was kind of something I could recognise, but it was just so far gone that obviously he had to go. Um, and he did. Um, and I remember when I was last on, I was saying, well, if you haven't sacked him at Bournemouth, then if you haven't sacked him after Brighton, is there a way you can sack him? And of course, <laughs> of course, now there is. Um, I didn't think it was going to quite get this bad, to be honest with you, but... Um, Oh, hello. Oh, there's, it's, there's a it's cl- official. There's a club statement. We have a club statement. Uh, what does it say about the, the uh, coaching staff? Uh, it says, Joe Edwards, Paul Clement, Ashley Cole and Chris Jones have also left the club. Alan Kelly will remain as goalkeeping coach. Everton. Everyone at Everton would like to thank Frank and his coaching staff for their service during what has been a challenging 12 months. And it goes on. But it says, Paul Tate and Leighton Baines will be taking training until a new manager is appointed, which I think is what was expected. Right. Breaking news, but they, There you really. go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, for, for, your, uh, for your Tuesday morning listening. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I, again, I don't know. I, I, now we have this. I haven't got a clue what's going on at the club for that not to have been said 
when everybody else was saying it this afternoon or slightly before. I mean, even, dare I say it, even the dear old BBC, who, and believe me, we don't necessarily do that kind of thing first without actual confirmation. Even the BBC had it. Um, and Everton didn't. And I, I just find that, I find that quite disrespectful, actually. Yeah, I mean, I think that it obviously leaked out from perhaps Frank Lampard's side or whatever. I know that the club, in a similar way to Benitez a year ago, have to get all the contracts sorted out with all the <laughs> that that you know that extensive backroom staff that Lampard had assembled, and probably that's why they couldn't confirm it until now. But yeah, I mean, however these things work, I mean, I think it was it was pretty obvious yesterday that he was that he was going. And as as I said to Elon as well, you, we're pretty well rehearsed in that routine now. Um, exactly, so yeah. The fact that it has taken this long, um, yeah, it's it is inevitable because, as as you said, Andy, everything Frank Lampard said and communicated um, absolutely chimed with that idea we have of the club, and I think he spoke very well, and he did seem to genuinely understand what was expected and and was also realistic about where we were at. There were no grand promises. The problem is that none of what he said was reflected on the pitch this season, bar the odd, very, very fleeting moment. Um, all the talk of intensity and wanting us to play on the front foot, what we've seen um, over the last couple of months has just been... As you, as you said, Lyndon, exhibition football in games that we're losing. There's no real intensity or drive. There's no, there was no defined way of playing. And, and I've mentioned it a few times recently, but a lot of the games we've lost recently, as well as them being to direct rivals, they've often been to fairly inexperienced coaches. This isn't someone who's getting seen off by Guardiola and, and their ilk. It's Nathan Jones who hasn't managed in the Premier League before. Um, it's it's Wolves who recently changed manager. It's Gary O'Neill at Bournemouth. The list goes on. He's kind of been found out at this level, sadly. And I think it makes the achievements, if we're to call them achievements, of last season in terms of staying up. Um, it puts them maybe in a different light. That a lot of that was done through, as we know the momentum of the fans, um, the incredible support, and also a talismanic figure up front. And uh, this is where the spotlight shifts from Lampard to the board because, and the recruitment, um, because that's that's the issue we're at. We, we sold one player to fund a good chunk in terms of McNeil, Morpay, Tarkovsky, Cody, etc., Nana, one player funded pretty much all those pur- uh, purchases and yet we're a weaker side for it. And that's that's really worrying. It is. And I w- does it, does this change, does this change how you see the end of last season then? Would you say? I think, mm, I think we all saw it as relief and joy in XC and maybe this could be the start of something but we're going right from the bottom up I don't think anyone was um, beyond that night and that sheer release 
of emotion. Um, I don't think anyone saw that as something to kind of really champion because we stayed up by the skin of our teeth. And we also stayed up due to the ineptitude of a lot of the sides around us. And I think what we may be seeing this year is a bit more of a realistic picture of where we were at, but, but, but we look a weaker side. So I, I guess, yeah, it, it does, it does make you reassess and it may be, maybe places less importance on emotion and more on cold hearted business and tactics. And we, we lack both at the moment. We lack ruthlessness in the boardroom and we, we lack, well, a, a competent recruitment policy. And, and I can't believe the football team we're watching are a product of Frank Lampard, Ashley Cole, mm. um, the coaches that he brought from Chelsea with him. I, I cannot believe that what we've seen, especially in the last, well, since the World Cup, is a product of that environment. Um, it, it, it beggars belief because... I. I mean, we had the the World Cup was almost like a godsend, wasn't it? It was mm. almost like, wow, okay, we're, we're going the wrong way here. We've now got this unique bonus of, uh, you know, and what did they do? What happened during that time? Mm. Was Decore was Decore just sitting on a ball for that amount of time? <laughs> <laughs> Possibly, <laughs> yeah. But you're absolutely right. There is no evidence that there was. Um any effective coaching going on there. And that's, you know, Lampard speaks a lot about how, you know, he came into a club that just escaped relegation. He expected us to be down there again. Okay, fine. But in all of that, even despite the fact that the recruitment up front didn't go the way that that either he or the rest of us would have hoped, you need to see some kind of improvement. Um, And if anything, we've gone backwards. We've certainly gone backwards since that performance against Crystal Palace in October. Um, and you know, the, the, the naivety that, that he displayed early on, particularly in that Tottenham away game, um, he appeared to have learned from that. Um, and then you'd think that once you get all the emotion of the Crystal Palace night, you know, in May out the way, you have a summer to prepare, you have that World Cup break to prepare. Um, you'd think there'd be some, some, showing some some signs now of where a Lampard team is going and how a Lampard team is going to play effectively. And there's been there's been absolutely none of that. Um, and I think that's why we will always think in hindsight he probably should have gone during that World Cup break. Um, he certainly should have gone after the Brighton game or we've tossed away six points in between. Um, you know, now we've got Arsenal home and Liverpool away as the next two matches by which point we'll have paid 22 matches. We'll have 16 left. Um, yeah, it, it's, you know, it's it's scary. He effectively got a second pre-season, didn't he? And yeah. didn't really use it. And, and I think we were angry and alarmed by those two performances down at Bournemouth. But that, that was always the get out of, jail clause wasn't it there's this big break where he can get to work there's new signings to integrate and a lot of his interviews spoke about the importance of how people train in the week that was often seen as the defining factor for why Deli Ali didn't work out besides the fact that we had to pay pay more for more he played but I think we saw no we saw no improvement we saw no 
sign that there was a cohesive side being formed. And I think most damningly, and it, it might have been Paul who mentioned this recently, but the midfield started to just drift away. We we we, we spoke a lot about how recruiting in that area seemed like it was going to be pivotal to how we're going to play. It's, it's, it's an important area of the pitch and no one knows that better than Frank Lampard. And it, 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 as you say, Idrissa Gay has been a, a disaster. Um, and there's there's no balance in there. And we, we've spoken about the top end of the pitch a lot. We've spoken about um, how bringing in the likes of Tarkovsky and Cody would help shore up a defence, but... I remember saying it after the uh, Southampton game, we won away. That's, again, another area where there were so many last-ditch blocks early on in the season. It was very last-ditch defending. It was, and it was good to see. You could kind of buy into it. But eventually, that chicken does come home to roost. You, you can't play and defend that way. And we've, we've looked porous. We've looked mm-hmm. really, really porous. And, as you said, Lyndon, completely impotent going forward. So that's, that's a relegation side in a nutshell. Yeah. It does show you, though, that, you know, you can play to the highest of levels and you can work under the likes of Ancelotti and Gus Hiddink and Navram Grant and uh, Jose Mourinho and all these, 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 you know, experienced managers and still not be able to get, you know, either be able to work with players to get your message across or, or frankly, just maybe know how to coach a team, you know, um, the contrast with with someone like Mikel Arteta, both managers were given time. Uh, we can unquestionably say that about Lampard now that he was given time. He may not have had the recruitment to back it up, but um, you know Arteta with recruitment, you might expect him to be challenging for the top four. For them to be where they are now, um, it really does speak to his qualities and and probably the benefit of having, having worked under someone like Guardiola. Um, you know, I fear now that you know if Lampard does get back into into the coaching game, it's going to be a long while. Um, he's probably going to have a lot of, go go away and have to do a lot of work um, to to sort of get himself back in the game. But that inevitably throws up the question of who replaces Lampard. And of course, <laughs> we've got the uh, the usual names being trotted out: your Sean Dice, your Wayne Rooney, Duncan Ferguson. Um, <laughs> It's uh, good five uh, side team, that. <laughs> yeah, just throwing David Unsworth to you know to, to, yeah. to cap it all off. But um, it, it seems, based on the athletics reporting, that Mashiri has at least made contact with Marcelo Bielsa, who is, um, I mean, that would just be the ultimate mad decision, wouldn't it? It was just like it could go either way, it could be spectacular success, it could be an absolutely <laughs> spectacular failure. Um, None of none of those names really sort of excite me, or, or let's say not excite me, but don't give me confidence that a, a team in our position with the players that we have and the work that needs to be done, um, none of those really speak to me in terms of our particular situation. What do you guys think? I'm just looking at like as we as we talk now half eight on monday night this is the favorites list okay just according to a random bookmaker yeah um, daish bielsa ferguson rooney moise baines santo uh, nuno that is frank thomas frank hassan hurtle uh, postacoglu tedesco company wilder i mean 
I don't know what to say about that list. Um, I mean, Tom, Thomas, uh, the only one that really springs out as doing a really good job, uh, well, the one that would spring out immediately as doing a good, good job somewhere else is Thomas Frank. Uh-huh. He's not going to want to come to Everton. No. Um, Marcelo, Marcelo Bielsa did a good job at Leeds. Obviously, we all saw that. Um, I'm going to say this now, and he'll probably be the Everton manager, and it'll all be fine, and I'll look silly, but... It feels like uh, it feels like somebody else's party, Marcelo Bielsa. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It, it, it feels like he's very much had the Leeds thing, and that's his English football, and they all love him. It doesn't feel like he he, he would be ours in a way. I don't know what I'm. I don't know where I'm going with that, but he would need a long runway. You know, to to assemble the the players that he needs to play his style of football, which is very much you know fast attacking, counter attacking. Um, it's built on fitness. It's built on speed. <laughs> we don't have much yeah. of that, and it's going to take a long time to put in place. So I'm not sure that someone like Bielsa is your. And I think maybe this is maybe this might be true of Thomas Frank as well. Um, I'm just not sure that someone like Bielsa is is a is the firefighter that we need right now because we need to pick up points as quickly as possible and i think if you bring someone in who and you know is a bit of a bit of a lunatic by 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 many accounts um i i don't know whether you throw that uh <laughs> that that water onto a grease fire um but i don't know it, as we have seen with with managerial appointments at everton and other clubs sometimes you just never know what's going to work no I think Bielsa, yeah, as, as you say, it's it's a very set way of playing, and we we surely don't have the personnel to to make. As soon as you mentioned speed and fitness, <laughs> alien words. Um, when 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 we've seen Dwight McNeil outpaced by the referee, by, uh, <laughs> by officials, and I don't think Bielsa. Bielsa's probably. Turning the bucket around as we speak and <laughs> spewing in disgust at what he watched. Um, well, and also the before machine. I saw the joke on Twitter that Yeri Mean has declared himself unfit for the rest of the season if Bielsa takes <laughs> <Yeah>. charge. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I think yeah, and and that goes out same with the uh, negotiations if it's Majiri leading them uh with Bielsa, probably via Jim White as well. Uh, those would probably go well into uh, probably February and March. Um, so I, I don't see that happening. Um, if it does, why not? We've we've tried everything at this point. We've tried uh, emotional coaches. We've tried superstar Galacticos. We've tried, um, well, we've tried everyone. We've tried Fat Sam. It, we've The only, uh, I guess the only thing we've not done is promoted from within, but Duncan left in the summer, and it would it would surely be too much of an ask for the likes of Baines to take this on as their first job. Um, he's the only one left, really, isn't he? I mean, yeah, Duncan gone and, and Unsworth gone. I mean, they were scratching around to find someone just to take first team training who's got a bit of experience. Yeah, I, none of none of those names inspire. Um, I think it was a similar position last winter wasn't it but I think the difference there was we had 
a universally unpopular coach. I think now we're saying goodbye to a coach who was pretty popular. And I think um, it's certainly not one where Majiri can use the excuse that the fans pushed him into this decision. Uh, yeah. But you could still argue it's the correct decision. Um, it does show some much-needed leadership, even if it's been done in the most cack-handed, Everton board way possible of doing so by um, spending all weekend dithering, only showing up in public to presumably twist the knife, um, and then still shirk responsibility, as I said. So... None, none of the names inspire, but we need someone, and as you say, Lennon, we need someone who can very quickly turn this around. It's it's hard to know. I mean, out of the other names, who else did we say? Sean Dyche, 4-4-2. Do you really see that working with this group of players? More paying Calvert-Lewin. Little yeah. and large. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It, 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 there's lots of things to consider. There's obviously the fact that whoever comes in is going to want, you know, probably a two, three year contract. They're going to be looking beyond this season, whether we stay up or go down. Um, if we stay up, you know, I, there's very few of us, I think, who, who think Sean Dyche is a long term option based on the football that we have seen his Burnley teams play. Um, you know, someone like Ralph Hassenhutl has been mentioned. You know, Southampton played some nice stuff, but they were defensively susceptible. And I mean, didn't he lost nine nil twice? So I mean, that how's that going to go down <laughs> with with Evertonians? Um, there's Ange Postecoglou at, at Celtic. Um, I'm always wary of selecting managers who have been successful in Scotland because it is, you know, with no with no, with no disrespect there, it's a weaker league. Um, Stephen Gerrard showed. You know that that he could be successful up there and then completely flame out in England. Um, you, you really, and it's sad that we've fallen so far that we could we couldn't could neither attract nor afford someone like Thomas Tuchel or, or Mauricio Pochettino. But you know, some one of those on an emergency six month basis, um, almost like Ancelotti did. Um, you, you know that would that would provide a massive lift, and you get someone actually capable in there um, who could organize the team and, and get them playing the right way. Um, and then you know, the other factor to consider is what happens between now and the end of the deadline. We've got talk about um, you know Anthony Gordon potentially leaving has resurfaced. Um, you've got speculation linking Onana away. I don't think that one will happen. I hope that one doesn't happen. But you know it, we, we could see a sale um, for a fairly significant amount between now and the end of the deadline, and that then changes who you might be able to bring in and what sorts of uh, what sorts of players could could come in and support a new manager and then what would that new manager want in terms of his playing style so i mean things could change very quickly um just in a short period of time and i think that we've seen enough certainly not in the last month but we've seen enough that there's there is talent in this team if it's organized the right way um and it's everyone's pulling in the right direction and there's confidence in the ranks i think confidence is just completely shot by the end um and that's completely evident in the last month you know since the since the Manchester City game they've just completely fallen away so yeah it's it's a difficult one I would have if they'd done it before the World Cup you could have got someone you could have got a more sort of left field appointment with a a longer term horizon someone like um, Gajardo who's who left River Plate um, has been often talked about as a you know potential manager 
in Spain and 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 here as well. You know, there are and there's managers like um, Bordalas who's done really well in Spain as well on very meager resources. But those, you know, that they feel like the kind of things that a Brighton would do, a, a well-run club with a long-term horizon who have really done their homework and and, and found out what a manager, you know, could come in and, and bring in terms of a of a style, in terms of a long-term vision, in terms of um, maybe having a, a sort of a, an idea of cheaper but effective players that he'd want to bring in. Um, it, it just seems like we're always going after the most obvious and the the most uh, the, the, the options that are sort of closest to us, and they're not always the best ones. But uh, it's, it's a it's a really really crucial decision because we need results very quickly. I know we said it exactly almost exactly a year ago, but uh, it feels like one of the most important managerial appointments probably in the club's history. Um, and, and having been through this strange cycle that we have, I wonder when talking about someone like Bielsa, is it, is, do you just, instead of trying to, I, I was going to use some kind of weird analogy, then I won't, but it, instead of, instead of trying to pick somebody that can be gritty and, dig out points is it just do you throw something mad at it and we'll either go down on 15 points or we might end up with 45 50 who knows um i don't know whether i don't know um but but my my worry is hearing you say yeah things can change quickly well it's the 23rd of january um we've got what seven days after today to Mm -hmm. sign players um I can't see anything happening quickly in terms of the overall picture. I can't see us being in, in seven days' time having a new manager with three three of his new players lined up all holding the scarf. I just can't see that in any in, happening in any way, even if we were to sell Gordon tomorrow, which won't happen tomorrow because there's too much upheaval for it to happen tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It's just, nothing's going to happen like that now. And so we are going to be more or less, I think, stuck with this same group of players who they will want somebody to come in and get more out of. Um, there might be one more if we're lucky. I don't know. But I don't think it's going to change quickly. Um, and there's not enough time for it to change quickly. This is what we were saying. This is what we were saying on the last pod I did, what, two or three weeks ago. If you want, <laughs> yeah. if you want, to, do it, if you want to do it properly, you do it after Bournemouth, or at the very least you do it after Brighton, where you've got a month pretty much. Mm-hmm. To sort it out, but and again, a lot of those targets haven't gone elsewhere. You know, like mm-hmm. Utara going to to Bournemouth, and uh, you know there are targets in France who have just been sort of picked off one by one, or or are um, more heavily linked now with other clubs than than we are. Um, but you know, th- you would assume, you wouldn't assume, you would hope that there is a uh, there's still a shopping list there, that and if something were to break late in the window that they would have, you know, something or someone. And it may only take, let's say, you know, Dan Juma is locked in and ready and he signs and there's one other who can just provide something up front. Um, you know, you, you get that defense back to doing what it was before. You get that midfield back to doing what it was before. And then then we're back to just that, that last missing link was the final third. Um where we've sort of been plagued by the inconsistencies of McNeil and Gordon and Gray 
you get someone in there with a bit more about them, a bit more con- um, consistency with the final ball and the final third, um, better decision making, and all of a sudden you've got you know you've got a different uh, a different thing on your hands as you know West Ham showed on uh, on Saturday. You know if they now go on a on a bit of a run, which hopefully they don't, but if they do, then that's you know it would be that result that that changed things for them. Uh, maybe we just need something like that. We do, but that's the issue, isn't it? Whoever yep. the new manager is, the, those first two games, we, we're going to do very well to get anything. I mean, a, a, a hard-earned point against Arsenal would obviously be a great result in the context of where we're at. Um, but we need wins quickly. We've we've not only failed to win, we've we've given up points to our nearest rivals consistently. Yeah. All season, oh, yeah. we're going to have so to do it the hard way. So much ground to make up it completely. And yeah. l- last season was the really, really hard way. We beat sides who we weren't expected to beat. We mm-hmm. dug in. We had a bit of luck along the way. We we still had major bumps in the road. That Burnley result, but we got there. We dragged ourselves over the line. But this year, it it needs to be. Well, it, it, it will be something special. And, and and as you said, maybe for some players, that can be the motivation. If you are Amadou Anana and you've come in and, and you're one of the few players whose confidence probably isn't absolutely broken and brittle right now. Mm-hmm. If you can step up and think, you know what, if I, if I get this side out of trouble, I'm in the shop window for the likes of Chelsea if they are getting linked. Or if you're Anthony Gordon and you've had praise lavished on you early in the season and now it's dried up, you can maybe show what you're made of. If you're a new signing like Dan Juma, you can, like you say, you potentially become a cult hero. You get your move or you don't. Either way, it's a free hit. Um, but whoever it is who can get a song out of it, that's, that's who we need. And I, I don't really care who it is. Um, Harson Hootle, company... Well, company's definitely um, company will be in the Premier League next year, so I I, I don't yeah. think he's going to leave Burnley. Exactly. No, no. they're too no. far gone already, aren't they? They're, they're miles clear. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, out of that list, I mean, okay, this is horrific, but out of that list, you've got to make a decision for the future of Everton Football Club now. <laughs> the list that we've been working from there, who would you pick? Because I'll, I'll be honest, I might, and I can't believe I'm saying this, and maybe clip this out for to go on my gravestone or something. You're not going to say Chris Wilder, are you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. I, I, I think I might actually go for Sean Dyche. And there you go. I've said it out loud um, on a podcast. <laughs> yes, and uh, un- uneditable. In all seriousness, (laughs) but you you know why I've said that. You know why I've said that. Yes, yes, I do. Because he, and if you looked at at that uh, that Sky Sports interview that he did, was it a few months back? You know, after he, but he basically said, "I will guarantee that that, that whatever team I manage will play with passion, um, and will play with you know knowing, you know how to do the basics." And you know, right now, that's what we need. We need someone to do that. it's it's hard it's hard to get excited about Sean Dyche um and but I, but as you say as i said you you just never know how a manager is going to do at a given club until they're there and you have you know you have to find out 
either the, the hard way or the uh, or the good way. He's he's definitely a character, isn't he? I guess if Bielsa would maybe offer something completely left field and perhaps overcomplicate our situation, which would either really sink or swim as a result, Sean Dyche would oversimplify it, and that could work. Um, I'm I'm from Chesterfield, uh, market town in northeast Derbyshire, and Sean Dyche scored a penalty in the FA Cup semi-final, which is the most penalty penalty you've ever seen. Um, <laughs> that alone would probably suffice as a CV for most people in a situation where they're required to firefight. Um, but I do worry that... Is he, is he too limited in terms of what he does? Is he too rigid? Um and would would his methods I was going to say would his methods chime with the players we've got but I I think we're all in agreement that the squad should be better than it is it's it's not a bad team on paper as many of my friends keep telling me who don't support Everton you're not that bad on paper mm-hmm. but so would he be able to get a song out of them um I don't know. I don't know. I he think gone. He, he doesn't need even need to really get a song out of them. What a few of them just start to start humming a bit. <laughs> yeah. You know, it needs to be a kind of a, a, a kind of a brief background hum would be a, okay. We yeah. don't I mean uh, there are there's surely enough there. There's surely enough there. Okay. Enough local choir. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. here, here's the thing that I would say about Dyche is that you know the, the success of his Burnley teams was um, a, a lot based on you know set pieces, um, you know physical football, winning second balls, and I don't think that we are necessarily equipped to do that. Uh, we have a terrible uh, free kick and corner takers, um, and well, you know if, if he can sort that out, then maybe. But that's my problem with Sean Dyche is that we have. We have players with technical ability who should be playing better. Um, and again, you know, assume we stay up and maybe maybe that's all we should be thinking of is just survival, you know, and then the, the future be damned. But once if, if we do stay up and you get beyond here, then then if you've got a Sean Dyche, who I, whose ceiling I think is a lot lower than, than other managers we could get in, then that's, that's obviously a concern. But really, I'm not looking beyond beyond May, to be honest. I mean, it's, it's we have to do whatever we can to stay up. Um, you know, yeah. I, I think with the consensus more or less is that we need seven wins now um, between now and the end of the season and scratch out a couple of draws. Um, you know, maybe a new manager bounce. You can get, you know, a hard-fought draw against Arsenal. Um, you can go to Anfield and, and take on a Liverpool team that's really not um, in the best of form itself uh, and maybe get a draw there. And then, you know, you've got home games against Leeds and um, Aston Villa and then a trip to Forest and then home to Brentford. I mean, that with the, with the right with the right setup and the right manager in place, there's points there. Um, and obviously, if we haven't got enough points by then, I think we're gone. But uh, it, it needs someone to come in, hit the ground running and just just do a complete men- mentality shift from the from from the off. And I'm really sorry for mentioning this, 
because I've already said about I, I, I picked Sean Dyche, but do, do you remember the kind of thing? And, and again, I'm framing this very specifically here. Do you remember the kind of thing that Allardyce did when he came in? Mm-hmm. Was that all of a sudden the very basics were there? You know, we 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 didn't concede many goals for a stretch. Um, we 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 didn't do anything silly with the ball. Um, we managed to pick up a point from a game where we didn't play very well. You know, that kind of thing. It might be enough to get us going. Now, for a, not for a minute am I saying that was what we all wanted, but it could be on such a basic level that we just get the odd, you know, like you said, you get a point against Arsenal or play okay against Arsenal. That could then start us off again. It, it, we might need not need, like I said, we might not need an all-singing, all-dancing style of play all of a sudden because we have good players in that team that are still, I think, better than other teams around us. But it's just the organisation has just been, well, it, it's been non-existent, isn't it, really? Um, it seems like it anyway. From the, I'm sure it isn't. I'm sure they were organising in the week, but I, didn't, I never saw any evidence of it. Mm. Um, so maybe it is a kind of a back to basics approach. I don't know. I don't know. Or, or you have Bielsa at the other end of the spectrum. You've got this Everton thing that we all lo- <laughs> we all know was going to happen. You you won't have any plan, any kind of style that fits the club. It will just be we have either Sean Dyche or, ladies and gentlemen, Marcelo Bielsa <laughs> on the other <laughs> side. Yeah. <laughs> And they're both going to walk into Goodison, one from the park end, one from the Gladys Street end, and whatever one meets the middle first. I don't know. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if I was choosing between those two, then maybe it is Sean Dyche, purely because, as you said earlier, Lyndon, Bielsa probably needs more time to get that across for multiple reasons, whether it's just the communicating of it or the mm-hmm. fact that he's incredibly intensely demanding. Um, that's been one of the criticisms of Lampard, that we focus so much on this passing game, but it's a passive game, isn't it? It's it, it, it was, It's been so, particularly, as you said, when, when we were chasing, when we were 2-0 down, to a side around us in a must-win game that had everything riding on it. And we still insisted on sticking to recycling the ball time after time after time. Mm -hmm. So finding a manager, whoever that is, who plays with some kind of intensity, you can get some kind of simple instruction into those players that actually you you don't need to go backwards every time, you know. We've we've got this big guy up front who you're going to, Pickford's going to kick it to eventually anyway if we keep doing this. Well, Why don't we just try and <laughs> skip skip these really frustrating, harrowing steps that often lead to chances for the opposition? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we can maybe we can speed this up a little bit. Um, some kind of... Ma- <laughs> hey, look, I've just thrown my hat into the ring. There you go. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, I think... Whoever that is, yeah, that it, it it needs to be simplified. And I guess when it comes to looking past May, at the rate we're going through managers, anyway, should it really be a worry if someone manages to keep us up, but we get them on, I don't know, an 18-month deal and have to pay them off because mm-hmm. the, the bills are stacking up um, in that sense. So, and surely the loss of Premier League football 
is going to be even greater. I'm not saying that means we should throw money at the wrong person and we certainly can't afford to bring in the players needed to do a sort of hard reset that we probably like. But if we can box clever in that sense and bring someone in who can just do something quickly, um, that's not a lot to ask, is it? <laughs> I don't know. Depends. <laughs> uh, I mean... I mean, who, whose decision is this? It's it, are we saying it's to it, fans, isn't it? It's, yeah. But I mean, yeah. I thought it was quite an interesting. I thought it was quite an interesting comment from Mashiri to the cameras on Saturday evening, coming out of the West Ham game, when he said it's not my decision. Well, in in effect, that's what we've wanted him to say for some time, isn't it? Yeah. In effect, you know, I, I know a lot of people have taken that the wrong way. It was either a dig which was, well, it's not my decision, is it, type thing. Or it was actually a genuine, well, it won't be my decision this time. Um, and yeah, it'll be in a, a way, the collegiate decision is what, yeah. Yes, in a way, with, a, with the influence of a director of football, um, that might be a good thing. And that actually might be, in a perverse way, what we would want him to say at this point. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I took it as he should have said, it's not only my decision. I think that's what he meant to say. Yeah. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt on that one and say that, you know, it's not only my decision. We're going to go away and talk about it. And Ken Wright said the same thing. He said, look, I'm not going to, if, if, even if a decision has been made, I'm not going to tell you right here in the middle of the street outside the London Stadium. My concern over the whole collegiate decision, collegiate decision-making process that the strategic review supposedly threw up is my concern is this latest report from The Athletic is that Mashiri is the one who spoke to Bielsa, if this is true, spoke to Bielsa, and yet the rest of the board are not convinced that he'd be the right decision. So we really are, if that's true, and I'm not saying it is, but if that's true, we really are back to where we were before with Benitez. Um, and you can go probably go back to other decisions before that, where it's, again, Mashiri is sort of taking his, you know, his... his uh, weird and wonderful way of, of doing things and the rest of the boards are not on board. It's just, yeah, I hope that's not the case. A collegiate decision isn't every person in that group suggesting a name and they're all different, which is what you could easily foresee. You could see Ken Wright saying, oh yeah, but get Wayne back. And you could yeah. see Felwell saying something completely different and maybe trying to steady the ship. And as you say, Majiri going down a different line. Um, the room mills already started spinning about my name in the mix. So, uh, um, oh, wow, that was quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, um, <laughs> but I think, I think that that's a worry, isn't it? Yeah, there's there has to be clear consensus from the board. Mm. Um, and it has to be, even, even if there is that disconnect that we've spoken about, they've acted, they've done something. Uh, they've eventually communicated what they've decided to do. Eventually, um, they have to. They the, the one not not the one way, but one one very quick way that they can build some kind of bridge back is by showing just some competence in this area and getting this done quickly. Giving the manager, whoever it will be, every kind of support and keep keep the fan base informed while that's happening and. As you say, Andy, there's there is still chance for other sides to unravel and for us to pick some kind of momentum up from somewhere. And there's still chance 
that, okay, it might feel different and it might not be exactly the same, but there is still a chance that we will all feel that grip in our tummy, that we will all be out like we were last year at the end of the season and and that there is a chance that we can still help and we can still feel a bit more involved than we are now and not so distant and like this thing is kind of just blowing up in front of us in the distance and we can see the smoke there's a chance and I, I just hope they take it um because I you know I don't want to feel like this any longer than I've got to um um I was just actually chuckling to myself inwardly um because i'm just looking at the titles of our podcasts over the last um <laughs> few months so can i just take you to the 26th of october and then i'll read the uh, them out this is how quickly it can go a per- <laughs> a perfect day at goodison this is what progress looks like don't think anything worked the ghosts of everton passed the concern level is high uh rant mode Communications fail, broken. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that'll yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, if history is any indication, this could all run for quite a few days. Uh, just another episode in the soap opera that is Everton Football Club. Uh, thanks as ever to Adam and Andy for your company. Uh, the Blues don't play until February the 4th, of course, but there's the small matter of the transfer deadline next week. And we'll almost certainly be back around that time to discuss everything that's gone on between now and what could happen before the 31st. Uh, Until then, Blues, try and retain your sanity and up the lunatic toffees. Bye.